welcome to the Goal Lines Podcast, your mid-Missouri football guide. If you don't already subscribe, find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's installment of the News Tribune Football Podcast featuring the Missouri Tigers. I'm your host, Tony Hawley, sitting here with Kyle McAravia of the News Tribune. And before we get started about this week's game against Florida, we got we got to go back to the Cody Schrader game. So, um, 36-7 winning against Tennessee, which was very, very easy, and in large part because of Cody Schrader. I mean, 300-plus total yards, pretty good game for that kid. Yeah, I think that might be the best individual performance I've ever seen live. Yeah. Uh, probably up there with, uh, I was at Christian McCaffrey's Rose Bowl against Iowa. Uh, that, that one was pretty incredible, too. But Schrader, yeah, 200 on the ground, 100 through the air. Right. I mean, coming in against Tennessee, which, you know, Coming into the game had one of, if not the best, rush defense in the power in like any Power Five team. Right. And from the first play, made it look so easy. I mean, that was the that was the confusing thing for me was just how easy it looked all game long. Yeah. It was it wasn't even like oh look at them they're churning out hard yardage and they're having to really fight and scratch and claw for us. It looked really easy at times. Yeah, I, Trader was just gashing them. Yeah. Over and over again. I mean, first play of the game. You know, through the air, but he's wide open for a thirty or forty right. yard gain. He ends up getting the the first fifty Mizzou yards. You know, it it was just from the start you could see that he was just cruising yeah. through Tennessee's defense. And on the flip side, it was almost like you know we were talking about how this is going to be a game where we were worried about you know the Tennessee rushing attack and and Missouri made it look easy to stop that rushing attack. Yeah. I, that was a pretty incredible game from Missouri's defense. Mm-hmm. It gets kind of overshadowed sure. by, by that individual <laughs> offensive performance. Right. But, you know, I, I think uh, we talked a good bit through the first few weeks about how Missouri's defense seemed to have regressed. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point you can say it's kind of firing on all cylinders pretty right. much since the second quarter against Kentucky. Yeah. Because, you know, you give up one touchdown the rest of the game against Kentucky. You give up zero against South Carolina. You hold Georgia to a little more than 10 points under its average. And then a a one-touchdown game against a a fantastic Tennessee offense. I mean, that is a string of dominance from a defense that, you know, we, we were talking about through maybe week four or five, you know, just doing enough. Right. to win the game. Right. right. And now it's like, no, the offense is, is working really, really well, continuing to work really, really well, and can win you games on its own with the defense playing, you know, just good enough. And right. now the defense is also playing to the level where, like, you wouldn't need that functional of an offense <laughs> right. to win games right. with the defense playing this way. Yeah, it's, it's you know, we were we kind of alluded to it last week and said, you know, can we dare to dream that if they get a win this week, which was last week, then we're looking at maybe a ten and two season, and we're kind of right there for it now. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you you've you've kind of handled, you know, ever since kind of that that LSU game, which I still think is one of those you can look back and go, man, we You're right there, we let that one get away. Yeah. But if not for that, I mean, you've answered you've answered the bell how we've kind of wanted. 
time after time after time. And now the reward for that is you've put yourself in an instance where, yeah, now you're eight and two and, and four and two in the SEC with a chance to, you know, if things fall right, which they look like they might, 10 and two and six and two. And that's that, I mean, again, if you told three months ago, Kyle, and three months ago, Tony, yeah. we would have been stunned by that. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, with Florida and Arkansas left on the schedule, something would have to go pretty wrong sure. to not be a 10-win team. Right. And to not make a New Year's Six Bowl. Right. Which, incredible. Yeah, exactly. Considering, you know, we <laughs> we came in and I think pretty reasonably I set the over-under on the season win total as like seven and a half. Right. And I, it, something would have to go wrong to not win 10 games. Now. Right, yeah. I mean, it's been just fantastic. It's unfortunate that you are in Georgia's division. Sure. Because like we've talked about now the last couple of weeks since, you know, dropping that game, not being in the SEC championship is basically the only thing keeping you out of playoff contention at right. this point. Right, right. And, you know, the the fun part of it is you'd like to see, I mean, they've proven in the last two years that they can play Georgia well. And it'd almost be fun to see it, you know, kind of in, you know, a, you know, winner-takes-all one kind of SEC championship game. You'd like to meet him in that one game where you just go, let's get up really big for this one game. Not that they haven't gotten up for him in the past, but it would be nice to see if you could go, all right, hey, let's let's play for something with some just humongous stakes involved. Sure, or, you know, if if you happen to have won that the regular season game against Georgia this year, and you're lining up against Bama. Right. I mean, you know, how that's a matchup that in my head is ridiculous. Right. Because, you know, before this year, my experience with Mizzou football was, <laughs> sure. was not incredible. Sure. Right? I wasn't, you know, really paying attention to the Tigers in like 2013-14 when the, they first moved over to the SEC. So my experience with Mizzou football has been like the last six or seven years right. and saying like, yeah, I think if you lined them up against Bama in the SEC championship, they'd probably win. Maybe, I mean, maybe, right. you know, it'd maybe. be a good game. Yeah. So that, that just doesn't quite click in my head right. yet. But, uh, you know, these next couple of weeks, you get another couple chances to watch it. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves and start kind of, you know, wondering if, you know, this becomes one of those magical seasons that we talk about for years and years and years, you still do have to play what's in front of you. Yeah. And you have to guard against a letdown. Because, again, you've responded well and you've kind of, you've you've done well with the team that's been in front of you each week for six, seven weeks now where you go, okay, they're focused, they're playing that team as well as they can be. So... Tonight's game, 6.30 start, ESPN, Florida. It's a team that, you know, a couple weeks ago we might have thought this might have been a better, you know, better looking matchup maybe or, a, you know, a more prestigious matchup than it is right now just because I think it's it's a Florida team that's kind of scuffling right now. I mean, they come in at 5-5 five and 3-4 five and three and four in the SEC. Yeah, Florida's been unimpressive, right? I guess is, is a good way to put it. Um the, and the two SEC wins are against South Carolina and Vanderbilt, so right. you're you know beating up on the bottom of the conference, sure. not, not really playing all that well against the better teams in the conference. They only beat South Carolina by two points, I think. So I mean, it's it's a transitional year for Florida, certainly. Uh, you know, you lose a what top ten court, top ten draft pick quarterback. You're probably gonna go through some changes, right? Uh, and 
Although I don't think maybe the, the it, I mean, yes, that's a, that's a, that's a, a definite change, but I don't think the stats for the guy you've got filling in for him have been terrible. So you can't yeah. go, you know, oh, that's the one reason because you lost an Anthony Richardson and all right. of a sudden you're like, oh, we don't have anybody who can match up. I mean, the guy that they've got is thrown for almost 3000 and it has an 18 to two touchdown interception ratio. So not bad, you know? Which, yeah. You would think would lead to more than. 500. Exactly. Right. That's the thing that's kind of confusing is you go, okay, we knew that was going to be the spot. And you go, oh, you know, they're sunk. Well, they've at least kind of held their own there, you know? So it's almost like you look at it and go, okay, so then what is it? You know, but... Well, it, I mean, it's probably, you know, giving up 40 points to South Carolina. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, it, it's... The defense has been an issue because uh, you're giving up 40 or more or close, you know, 39 or more in the last handful of games right. against, you know, like 52 against LSU last week, that's an incredibly high-powered offense. That, sure. That can happen. 39 against Arkansas. That's the thing that I think stands out to that, me. Yeah. 39 against South Carolina. Right. Like, that's, that's not good. No. That's an issue. Right, right. So, I mean, that's, you know, the, the Anthony, losing Anthony Richardson is the single point that stands out, you know? Right. But, Clearly, the defense has been the, the issue. Yeah, and I think that's one of those things too, where I don't think it's, I don't think it's bubbling to the point where it's super hot. But there's a hot seat that's forming underneath, you know, head coach Billy Napier. I mean, the last year wasn't great if you look back. You know, six and seven and three and five in league play. So you know, it's you're kind of looking at the same sort of thing. And and again, I'm not saying that. The, yeah, maybe they're going to make a change, but it's like. Florida's not one of those places where I think you can do have too many of those years in a row before it all of a sudden starts to become an issue. Well, and, and as we've already seen twice now in conference this year, the leashes are short. Right, right. College football coaches, especially in the SEC, do not get long opportunities. Right, if, right. If there isn't, you know, immediate success. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, maybe. I haven't really heard anything. But right. Judging by what we've already seen this year, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. And you would say, ooh, maybe there's a big buyout. Well, we've also seen in the yeah. last week that SEC teams don't care about buyouts. They'll, they'll buy you out of whatever you God, have. Being so. a fired college football coach sounds like the best job in the I world. I was going to say. It's $75 million to not do anything. Give me one of those jobs and let me do nothing. That'd yeah. be awesome. So, okay, so I guess, you know... It, with it being said that I think I think both of us would be surprised if this one ends up being a Missouri loss. What is it that maybe that can trip them up today that maybe lets Florida get one of those wins that they need to kind of keep their coach off said hot seat? I I mean, Florida's been a weird game for, for Missouri the True. last few years. True. I think, you know, it was maybe a little more evenly matched coming in the last couple. Right. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's not as much the case this year. I sure. Mean, uh, the thing that's blown both of Missouri's losses is turnovers. So, you know, if there's some uh, unlucky turnover, you know, opportunities that go Florida's way, then, you know, anything can happen if, right. you, if a team turns you over a couple of times. Sure. I would say that's probably, you know, the most realistic right. uh, Thing that could lead to Florida pulling the upset. Otherwise, I don't really the only other thing that concerns me is maybe the injury front. And I mean, it's kind of one of those things where I think we're we're learning every week to watch Luther take some dings and get get back up and get back out there. Um, but 
we are getting to the point where, yes, it's a long season now at this point, yeah. and it's not just Luther that's taking some hits, and it's not just you know Brady Cook that's taking some hits. There's a lot of guys who've taken hits this year and this week. Didn't seem to impede Cody Schrader at all last week. He took a lot of hits, and he seemed like he still had plenty left in the tank. But this is one of those things where you start looking at, okay, we've got two games left. What is it going to take to get through these two, and then we maybe get a break before a bowl so we can get healthy again? What's the status of how things look, and how healthy do we look at this point? The the probable list is long, okay. so so guys who have you know missed some amount of practice sure. or took it easy yeah. in practice this week, that list is long. That's where Luther is. That's where Brady Cook is. That's where Cameron Johnson is, and Travis Johnson, and Ennis Rakestraw, and Cody Schrader. <laughs> The the probable list is long. But right. the thing about the probable list is they're all probable. Right. So they're right. still gonna probably go. Yeah. Uh questionable. The only real change is Teron Hopper, who missed you know, a significant portion of last week's game. Uh so you might be coming in with two backup linebackers. Um uh, you know, Chad Bailey continuing to be out the rest of the season as as he has been. But uh you, you know, it's been fine. Uh, I feel bad because I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the kid who came in for Hopper last week tied for the team lead in tackles and came up with one of the fumble recoveries. So, okay. You know, he played fantastic. Chuck, Chuck Hicks has been playing great uh, in the absence of Bailey's. So, you know, that's the one where maybe you're without Teron Hopper this week. But yeah, does that... You know, is is that as big of a step down as we might have thought it was early on? Right. So before we get to the prediction point of the podcast, I'll just kind of step aside for a second and ask you. Um, you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but you know, in terms of where we are right now, in terms of rankings and stuff, uh, you know, Missouri's 11th in the AP poll. They're ninth in the college football playoff rankings, and like you mentioned, I think there's kind of there there's just not a whole lot of. There, there might be room to maybe, you know, edge up a little bit here and there, but they're kind of stuck, I think, at a certain point where, what do you think the cap is at a certain point where we go, okay, this is the top CFP number where we can probably hit before it stalls out, or you start to get maybe leapfrogged by teams that then, you know, are playing in conference championships that might get a bump. I could see Missouri bouncing up to seven, maybe, okay. maybe six, maybe, depending on what happens. But, you know, as, as I've been saying the last couple of weeks, without playing in the SEC championship, you're, you're out of the top four. Right. There is, there's not no way for it to happen. <laughs> right. It is incredibly unlikely. Sure. Because you'd be asking a ton. Yeah. So, you know, Ohio State, Michigan State are 2-3. One of those teams is going to get knocked out. Right. Assumedly. Right. But would a one-loss version of one of those teams that lost in the Big Ten Championship make it over to lost Mizzou that didn't play in the SEC Championship? Probably. Right. Uh, Florida State, nothing really left on it on their schedule. Right. So you're assuming probably that they're going to win out. Washington, you know, could stumble in the Pac-12 Championship, but then again, that's another one-loss team that went to its conference championship. Right. You know, then you're looking at like a TCU situation from last year. Sure. Do they make it in over a two-loss Mizzou team? The the thing is, you're the highest-ranked two-loss team. Right. So all of these teams, especially the, the undefeateds taking up the top five spots, if any of those teams lose one game, they're probably still in ahead of you. So you need 
at least a couple of those teams to lose two games. <laughs> right, which is asking a lot with very few with games left. With three games <laughs> left. Right, yeah, right. that's asking a ton. Yeah. And then you've also got Oregon and Texas and Bama if, you know, best case scenario for Mizzou is Georgia routes Bama in the SEC championship and knocks them back. But then, yeah, you're still looking at Oregon, Texas as teams ahead of you that are probably going to... You know, maybe Texas stumbles in the Big 12 championship right. game, and then they have two losses, but that moves you up to seven. Right. So, I don't see a possible path. Right, yeah. Without it, asking for multiple undefeated teams to lose two of their final three games against opponents that are not of sure. the level. And again, it, it seems crazy that we would have been talking about this a couple weeks yeah, ago, where you, where you literally go, hey, it's nice to be having this discussion, and I still I still think it's kind of, it's not going to put a damper on, this is going to be one of those seasons that I think we'll be talking about years down the road from the standpoint of, you know, when Mizzou fans talk about favorite teams or, you know, the teams that kind of grabbed your heartstrings, this is going to be one of them just because I think it was so improbable to see yeah. where it was a couple weeks ago. And then, again, it can still end up being something worse, you know, if you win out and you win a bowl game, ten, ten and two with a New Year's Six bowl. Yeah, and if you win that New Year's Six bowl, yeah, then all of a sudden you're looking at it going, that's one of the best seasons ever that they've ever had. Yeah. You know, no disclaimers of any kind. It just ends that way. So I think it's kind of like it's it's so hard not get kind of crestfallen about this because there is still something where you go, this could still be awesome, and it is still awesome because it's, again, it's incredible. It's, it's given us a lot to talk about this year. And I thought, you know, at this point, we'd just be playing out the string, going, oh, it's another six and six team, and you know, uh, you know, you don't know what you're getting from this team. So again, it's much more fun to be in this situation, even if you have maybe stalled and kind of run into a barrier to kind of get to the next set of the promised land. I I think you can look at this season as a whole, you know, and, and assuming you win these last two, you play in a New Year's six, whatever the outcome is there. Right. You're either looking at ten and three or eleven and two, having played in one of the premier bowl games. Sure. That's an amazing, amazing year. Yeah. Considering what we were expecting from right. the beginning and the questions we were asking at yep. the beginning of this season. Yep. That's amazing. It's unfortunate that it's one year too early. Right. Right? Yeah. With the expansion of the playoff next year, you're almost guaranteed a spot, and you are right on the cusp of getting to host a first-round playoff. Right, right. Which would then be, you know, arguably the biggest game in program history, maybe arguably the biggest game in Mizzou sports history. <laughs> maybe. Being played at Ferrofield. Right, yeah. Right, I mean, that you were one year too early, yeah. which is unfortunate. Right. That doesn't take away from how incredible this season Absolutely. All right, so I guess we get back to the prediction and just say, is this the game where Missouri goes from 8-2 and two to 9-2? and two? Yeah, I mean, Florida gave up 40 points to South Carolina. <laughs> you can't get over you know, that. I can't. It's <laughs> That's so bad. Um, yeah, I, I think Missouri is going to run through that defense pretty easily. Okay. Um, so I'll say the Tigers win 45-28. All right. That should do it for this week. For Kyle McAravey, I'm Tony Hawley saying thanks for listening. For more information about this week's game, visit Newstribune.com and get game updates and more college sports content all week by following Kyle McAravey on Twitter at Kyle underscore McAravey. That's M-C-A-R-E-A-V-Y. Thanks for listening.